0: Welcome, everyone, to session number six of our series called The Appointed Times, and I hope you're enjoying the series. I know I am, and uh, let's open tonight in prayer. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that opens our minds to understand the Word, and Lord, that's our prayer tonight, that you would do what only you can do, understand, uh, give us the ability to understand, Uh, because you've told us that this is eternal life. To know you, the one true God, and Jesus, whom you have sent to save us. This is eternal life. So tonight we come seeking life through your word by the power of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this is number six. So we've covered the Sabbath, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks to Pentecost, and the Feast of Trumpets. We're at the halfway point of a 12-part series. And what have you figured out so far? Jesus is every one of these. It's not about him. It is him. It is him. He is these events. They were made for him. Not just to reveal him, but he fulfills them. He makes them significant. So tonight, it is the day of atonement. And... Uh, that would have been uh, September 25th, What? what's that, just a week or so ago, uh, on the calendar. And uh, we're following pretty close behind these right now in the series. So we're going to begin with Leviticus 23, verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, Be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the tenth day of that same month, nine days after the Feast of Trumpets. So they're, they're all connected. Nine days after the Feast of Trumpets will be the Day of Atonement. You must observe it as an official day for a holy assembly. A day to deny yourselves and present special gifts to the Lord. Do no work during that entire day because it is the Day of Atonement. When offerings and of purification are made for you. So... The priest is going to make an offering for the people on the Day of Atonement. So that's why it says they're going to be made for you. And these offerings, these sacrifices, making you right with the Lord your God. So you don't want to miss this. This offering basically makes you right with God for one year. And then next year you've got to come do it again. But for one year, you've, this is sufficient to, to remove sin... No. To hold back God's judgment on sin? Yeah. So that's okay. I mean, that's good for a year. Hold it back. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. And I will destroy anyone among you who does any work on that day. You think God's taking this serious? I will, I will kill Somebody who, who works on the Day of Atonement. And by the way, um, this last week on the Day of Atonement, um, I got online and did some research and they showed uh, pictures from uh, like drones over Israel. It was, it was totally shut down. No cars on the road, no nothing. Totally shut down the country. No airlines were allowed to fly over their airspace. It closed the country. This is last week on Day of Atonement. Why? Well, verse 31, you must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you. They're taking that serious because that happened this last week. And it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. this will be like a Sabbath day of complete rest for you. And on that day... You must deny yourselves. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until the sundown of the tenth day. And and by the way, some of you, if you watch the calendar, let me tell you this, that uh, right now today, that we are in the midst of the Feast of Tabernacles. And that'll be coming up uh, shortly. Um, Yeah, that's actually next week. So uh, I'm... I started this series off one week, I believe. But anyway, there's three days left in the Feast of Tabernacles that will end on Friday. So um, just just to let you know, we are right now on Wednesday, uh, three days remaining in the Feast of Tabernacles that they're celebrating in Israel now. <clears throat> so he says, be careful how you celebrate this day. All who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. This is serious. This is the day the atoning sacrifice would be made for the sins of people. Let me me put it like this. This is the day that God will allow a payment to be made for sin. A payment that will bring it to zero. Once a year. This is a lengthy patches. I'm about to read something Very long. It's a lengthy passage, but we must understand this high holy day to see Jesus and God's plan to redeem mankind, us. So I'm going to read Leviticus 16. It is this giant picture of atonement. And if you know who Jesus is, he is atonement. He is this. He is this. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons. Who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. You all remember the story? Aaron's two sons, they go in there and it it just seemed like a minor mistake. But it isn't a minor thing. This is life and death. So they entered the presence of God and they burned the wrong incense. And he killed them. And then he comes out to Aaron and Moses. And Moses tells Aaron... Don't complain, don't weep in God's presence or he'll destroy you. Would you want to be a priest? Would you want to be a high priest? As I read this, ask yourself, do you want to be a priest, a high priest? These first two, Aaron was the first one. Some count Moses in there with him, but Moses is kind of his own category. But Aaron the brother of Moses, he's the first one, and who are the number two, number two and number three are the two boys, and they both just got executed. All right? The Lord said to Moses, warn your brother Aaron, warn him, what these other two have already died, his sons, not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. This, this day of atonement's once a year. When it, You can't just walk in and out with God whenever you want to. If he does, he will die. Warn Aaron. For the ark's cover. What are we talking about? Behind that veil. The most holy place. You can't just go in there when you want to. Warn him. For the ark's cover, the place of atonement is there. And I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. You don't just walk into God anytime you want to. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow these instructions fully. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Why? Blood is the payment of sin that allows you to approach God. Y'all with me? Without blood... you you can't go without blood there's sin without atonement blood atones pays for the sin and it's not about the blood in this case it's about the sin that the blood atones for if you were perfect you could maybe walk in but nobody's perfect so you can't walk in so you gotta have the sin atoned for and that's what this is about and it's not just that. He must put on his linen tunic and the linen undergarment worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in water before he puts them on. Aaron must take from the community of, for, from the community of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Blood, 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 blood. That's what this is. So when, you're, when I read these animals, that there's only one animal going to survive. And that's going to be the scapegoat. All the other ones are going to die in this process. Blood, 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 blood. Right? Because he's approaching God for himself, and then he's going to approach God for the people. And in both cases, blood has to go to pay off the debt. Aaron will present his own bull... As a sin offering to purify himself. So is Aaron perfect? No. So Aaron's got to do something to make himself able to walk into the most holy place. He's going to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord. Then he must take the two male goats and present them to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat. Now he's got two male goats. He's to cast lots. It's like pitching dice or something like that. that which, which goat will be reserved as an offering to the Lord and which goat will carry the sins of the people to the wilderness of Azazel? Aaron will then present as a sin offering the goat chosen by Lot for the Lord. The other goat, the scapegoat, chosen by Lot to be sent away Will be kept alive standing before the Lord. When it is sent away to Azazel in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. Now, now what's going to happen? One's going to be the blood, and the other one's going to have all the sins of Israel placed on top of it. Uh, the priest is going to speak the sins of the people onto the scapegoat. They're going to lead it out into the wilderness of Azazel and out there. At that point, in that point, the sin has been removed from the presence of God. Israel is sanctified for one year. Wow. You're, you're going if to, you, if you don't understand this, you will never be able to read the book of Hebrews and understand it. But if you can understand this, then when i and I'm going to read Hebrews to you, then you're going to understand what Jesus did. Verse 11. Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord. And after he has slaughtered the bull as a sin offering, he will fill an incense burner and burning, with burning coals from the altar that stands before the Lord. Then he will take two handfuls of fragrant powdered incense and he will carry the burner and the incense behind the inner curtain. He's getting into the curtain there in the lord's presence he will put the incense on the burning on the burning coals so that the cloud of incense will rise above the ark's cover what's above the ark's cover the place of atonement where you pay the debt right you got to pay the debt the atonement is to pay for to reconcile to redeem that rest on the Ark of the Covenant. If he follows, the, if, if he follows these instructions, do, do you know how many instructions are in there? I would have a notepad with check marks. I would. Every one of them. I'd check twice. Check that one three times. If he follows these instructions, he will not die. Do you want to be a priest? You think there was a big bunch of resumes put in for this job? He will not die. Then he must take some of the blood of the bull, dip his finger in it, sprinkle it on the east side of the atonement cover. He must sprinkle blood seven times with his finger in front of the atonement cover. Who could remember all this? Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people, carry its blood behind the inner curtain. There, He will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover and in front of it, just as he did with the bull's blood. Through this process, he, Aaron, will purify the most holy place and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle because of the defiling sin and rebellion of the Israelites. No one else is allowed inside the tabernacle. He's got to do this by himself. No one else is allowed inside the tabernacle when Aaron enters it for the purification ceremony in the most holy place. No one may enter until he comes out again, until Aaron comes out again after the purifying himself his family and all the congregation of Israel, making them. Now he's not now he's made himself pure. Now he's going to make them pure, making them right with the Lord. Then Aaron will come out to purify the altar that stands before the Lord. He will do this by taking some of the blood from the bull and the goat and putting it on each of the horns of the altar, then he must sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times over the altar. In this way, he will cleanse it from Israel's defilement and make it holy. When Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar, he must present the live goat. He will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over the goat... All the wickedness, the rebellion, and the sins of the people of Israel. In this way, he will transfer the people's sins to the head of the goat. Wow. He's going to speak the sins of Israel onto this goat. Then a man, specially chosen for the task, will drive this goat that Aaron has spoken the sins upon into the wilderness. As the goat goes into the wilderness, it will carry all the people's sins upon itself into a desolate land. When Aaron goes back into the tabernacle, he must take off the linen garments he was wearing when he entered the most holy place and he must leave the garments there. Then he must bathe himself with water in a sacred place, put on his regular garments, and go out to sacrifice a burnt offering for himself and a burnt offering for the people. Through this process, he will purify himself and the people, making them right with the Lord. He must then burn all the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man chosen to drive the scapegoat into the wilderness of Azazel must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water. Then he may return to the camp. He can't come back into the camp until he's washed. Why? Because he's been with the sinful goat. He would transfer that sin back into the people. The bull and the goat presented as sin offerings, whose blood Aaron takes into the most holy place for the purification ceremony, will be carried outside the camp. The animals, hides, internal organs, and dung are all to be burned. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water before returning to the camp. On the tenth day of the appointed month in early autumn, you must deny yourselves Neither native-born Israelites nor foreigners living among you may do any work, any kind of work. This is a permanent law for you. On that day, offerings of purification will be made for you, and you will be purified in the Lord's presence from all your sins. It will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you, and you must deny yourselves This is a permanent law for you. In future generations, the purification ceremony will be performed by the priest who has been anointed and ordained to serve as high priest in the place of his ancestor Aaron. He will put on the holy linen garment and purify the most holy place in the tabernacle, the altar, the priest, and the entire congregation. This is a permanent law for you to purify the people of Israel from their sins, making them right with the Lord once each year. Moses followed all these instructions exactly as the Lord had commanded him. Now here's an important part before we move on. I told you that Israel shut down this last week on the Day of Atonement. Did they do this? No. Why? Why? There's no temple. There's no temple. They cannot do sacrifices without a temple. So you wonder why would they be planning to rebuild the temple? So how do they atone today without a temple, without this incredible high priest ceremony? How? the Jewish rabbis years ago after 70 A.D. whenever the temple was destroyed they got together and they created a new rule and the new rule is you, you, your day of atonement your atonement is based upon repentance and good works. That's how they do it today. Repentance and good works. They need a temple. But there's not going to be a temple not until something else happens. I don't want to get sidetracked. Do you see why John the Baptist, okay, all of that, okay, all of that is why. Do you see why John the Baptist and Peter said these words 1,500 years later? And by the way, um, when they said these words 1,500 years later, there was a temple. There was, there was still a temple, okay? Because Jesus came in the time of uh, Herod's temple. They were doing animal sacrifices, right? They were doing animal sacrifices. But even in the midst of the animal sacrifices in the Herod's temple in Jerusalem, here's what John the Baptist says. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What he's announcing is our day of atonement has arrived. It's him. He is the payment of sin that allows Terry Cooper to approach God. He's the high priest. And I'm going to read it to you in a minute. He's Aaron in the story. He's not just Aaron. He's the lamb. And he's Aaron. He's going to take his own blood into the most holy place. And he's going to pay off my sin debt and your sin debt so that you can approach God. Because if not, you will die. And if his blood doesn't cover you, you're going to die. You won't make it. You'll never be able to be with God. You will die. And here comes Peter. Here's what Peter says. For you know that God paid a ransom. Here's the atonement. He paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. We're all sinful. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Now, you want something to blow your mind? There it is. Long before the world began, he chose Jesus to be the day of atonement. He chose Jesus to be the Sabbath, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the, the Pentecost, the t- first fruits before the foundation of the world. This was always his plan. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. Are you ready for this? But he has now been revealed, not now revealed him to you in the last days. What's it mean? The Gentile window of time is closing. It's closing. The last days are closing. We've gone into detail almost every week on that. The high priest. So let's pause in the story for a moment. In the time of Jesus, in the time of Lazarus and Mary and Martha and all them, in that time, the high priest, his name is Caiaphas, And unknowingly, he doesn't even know it. He prophesied the death of the Lamb of God shortly before the Passover. So I've read to you John saying Jesus is the Lamb of God. Peter, he redeemed us by the blood of the Lamb. But the high priest who didn't like Jesus... Who it wasn't, he didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. Peter and John both believe he was Messiah, right? So to say he's the Lamb of God is pretty natural for them because they knew who he was. But you know, Caiaphas did not believe he was Messiah and he prophesied anyway. In other words, God made it come out of his mouth. Let me read it. John 11:45. Many of the people who were with Mary, this is the Mary, Martha, and Lazarus story believed in Jesus when they saw this happen, the resurrection of Lazarus. That would make you a believer, right? But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Lazarus, come out. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to (laughs) do? You can't stop him. Well, what are we going to do? They ask each other. This man, Jesus, certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this soon, everyone will believe in him. Well, what's the problem with that? Everybody's going to believe in him. Then, here's what, here's what they thought. If everybody believes in him, they're all going to run to him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. They saw Jesus as a Messiah king that would be an affront to Rome. And if he comes out as a king, Rome's going to crush us because they'll crush our king, right? That's what they said. Um, Verse 49. Uh, Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was high priest. Now, now high priest, don't don't miss this. High priest is what role in the day of atonement? He's Aaron, right? He's the only one. And by the way, you only have one high priest at a time. So he's the guy that would be the day of atonement guy, right? He's the guy. So uh, Caiaphas, who was high priest at that time, said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He is announcing Jesus as the day of atonement and he doesn't even know he's doing it. One would die for the nation. That's the day of atonement. One blood animal, the one blood of a lamb or a goat would die for the nation. He did not say, and I love how this is explained so clearly in the gospel of John. He, Caiaphas did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. Day of atonement. He is the day of atonement. And not only for the nation. This is this Gentiles ought to get into verse 52. And not only for that nation, Israel, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. That's us. That's how you and I find the day of atonement. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. He doesn't even know what he said. But God made it come out of his mouth. Not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. Why? Do you think we don't need atonement? Do you think that somehow we can approach God in our sin? We can't either. They can't. We can't. He was unknowingly acknowledging God's plan to open salvation to the Gentile world. And I guarantee you, Caiaphas did not support the idea of Gentiles being saved. And yet he's acknowledging it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, all of that so we can come and take the day of atonement in the Old Testament and bring it into the day of atonement in the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament. Now, this is us. This is the church age, okay? That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on the earth, okay? The tabernacle. Let's just call it the tabernacle. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain. And behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place. In that room were gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark was a gold jar Containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves in the stone tablets of the covenant. Here we go. Above the ark, behind the curtain. Above the ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. And we're in the New Testament. And he's acknowledging the place of atonement just like we were reading in the Old Testament. But we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, he's talking about the Old Testament uh, tabernacle, the priests regularly entered the first room, not behind the curtain, not, not the most holy place. They entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place and only once per year day of atonement. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed. Now, here's what I want you to get. By these regulations, what I read in detail to you The Holy Spirit is revealing something bigger than the event itself. They revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open. As long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. Are you with me? Something was going to have to change. Something was going to have to change. Can I give you a hint? I've already kind of told you. The temple's going to be torn down. After Jesus dies on the cross, the temple's going to, they're going to stop this. And you know what's going to happen? The church will spread across the world. This will stop. Let me read it again. By these regulations... The Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represents were in use. This is an illustration of uh, pointing to the present time for the gifts and sacrifices that the priest offer are not able to cleanse the conscience of the people who bring them. Now, I said earlier that this blood of animals in the Old Testament Day of Atonement only gave them one year and it only basically held back God's judgment. Did it fully remove their sins and cleanse their hearts? No. It didn't. It didn't. Why? It's a shadow. It's not the reality. It's the shadow. For the old system, verse 10... That old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies. Physical regulations that were in effect only until a better system could be established. You see? You see what's coming? Something's coming bigger than this one. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater more perfect tabernacle in heaven not the one in Jerusalem which by the way isn't even there anymore which was not made by human hands and not part of the created world um, let, let me let me say something do, do, do you remember when Moses is given the instructions how to build the tabernacle and God said do it like the pattern you saw in heaven so evidently when Moses was up there with God, God allowed him to see the, the real one, the one we're talking about here. And he said, I want you to make it like that one. <laughs> Would you want to be Moses? I wouldn't want to be Moses or the high priest. Right? I want you to make it like that one. And then you get over here and it says, Christ now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven. So when he rose... Okay, he entered the more perfect tabernacle in heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father, which was not made by human hands and not part of this created world. So he's, he's outside of the created world that we know. And with his own blood, not the blood of some animal, with his own blood, not the blood of goats or calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Somebody say Hallelujah. hallelujah. This is it. He entered the tabernacle and he went to the right hand of the Father with his own blood. Father, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done, I will die for them. See it? Verse 13, under the old system. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more. Wow, what a sentence. How much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience. You know what that, that purifies our heart. It purifies our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God for the, by the power of the eternal spirit. Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people. Here we go. He's the high priest. He's the high priest. He stands between man and God. You you don't need another priest. You don't need... uh, You don't need... I'm not going to go there. So you don't need another priest. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people. So that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins that they committed under the first covenant. He sets you free. And you don't have to do it once a year. It's a forever transformation of the human heart. And by the way, it should not just make you right with God. It should purify your own conscience. And and I'm going to tell you, it's my experience that maybe if you're a true believer, if you're a true believer, you may have a harder time forgiving yourself than God does for forgiving you. But I find it also to be necessary. That you forgive yourself. Your conscience. Not not that. I don't think I ever want to forget. Who I was before. I, I don't want to forget. Because that might be prideful and arrogant. I don't want to forget that I was wretched before I met Jesus. But to believe. He is who he says he is. I must allow him to purify my conscience. Which means I believe that he has removed my sins as far as the east is from the west. And why do I need to bring it up when he says it's finished? Right? That's freedom. You know what freedom is? That's freedom. And it is for freedom's sake that he has set us free. He doesn't want us in bondage of our past. Wow. So the next chapter, let's jump down to the next chapter. We're still in the New Testament. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow. What's this last week's sermon? The, the shadow kingdom. What's this next one? The, uh, the uh, king in waiting. It's all shadows. Everything's the shadow of something bigger. He says the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that old system were repeated again and again, year after year. But they never were able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. That's why I'm I'm afraid that if we carry guilt after we've been redeemed. We become part of the problem. Right? Their feelings of guilt, they would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. So what do you think happened on the Day of Atonement? You got reminded that you're not forever forgiven. That it's only a one-year deal. It actually reminded them. Why? For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. But I declare to you tonight, the blood of Christ does. Takes away sin. Blood and bulls and goats didn't, but Jesus does. That is why when Christ came into the world... Wow, I'm going to tell you what. I could spend a week on this verse. That's why when Christ came into the world, He, Jesus, said to God the Father, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Whoa. Why did God become flesh? That's it. You didn't want... Animal sacrifices. So you gave me a body to offer. You gave me flesh so that I could give my flesh for the world. That's why this was a plan before the foundation of the earth. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin that whole day of atonement thing that he set up with Moses and Aaron? It didn't please him. It was only a shadow. And then I said, look, I have, then I said, Jesus, look, I have come to do your will, O God. There's the garden of Gethsemane. Look, I I have a body. I've come to do your will, O God. I'm I'm, going to be the day of atonement in the garden of Gethsemane. I'm going to do it. as it is written about me in the scriptures. First, Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. It did not please God. It wasn't satisfactory. And then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels Jesus. Look, Jesus says, look, I have come to do your will. In that moment, he cancels the first covenant in order to put the second covenant into effect. It is what covenant? That, that night at the Last Supper. It is the new covenant of my blood. It is the day of atonement, your atonement. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day by day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. How frustrating that must be. But our high priest, Jesus Offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. Somebody say hallelujah. All time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits. Let that sink in. You know he's waiting too. We're waiting. He's waiting. There at the right hand of the Father, he waits. Until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. That is the end time war announcement. For by that one offering, Calvary, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. We are redeemed. Jesus is our day of atonement. Do you see it? You see why these appointed times are so powerful? Because if you know the appointed times, you know him. You know him. I want to finish up tonight by reading a word from Terry that I sent out to the church about this time last year, 2022. It's a letter about the appointed times. <clears throat> and tonight I want to I finish up by reading this. And let me say it again. I wrote this a year ago and sent it to the church a year ago. Um, almost the same time. Maybe a little bit earlier. Maybe a week before now. And because it summarizes everything tonight. Here's what I wrote. When the sun sets this coming Sunday, September 25th, the Jews around the world will begin celebrating the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah. It's the first day of the Jewish New Year, 5783. Believed to be 5,783 years since God created the earth. It is customary for Jews to confess their sins and repent of those sins before God before the new year begins so they can begin the new year with a clean heart toward God. I have watched several online videos of the Jewish gatherings at the Jerusalem Western Wall where thousands and thousands of Jews were confessing and repenting of their sins before Rosh Hashanah, before the new year. It is a moving scene to see so many people crying out to God in the holy city of Jerusalem. Ten days after the Feast of Trumpets, on the evening of October 4th, comes the highest of all Jewish holy days, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. In the time of Moses, the high priest would enter the most holy place of God's presence behind the veil and offer a blood sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people of Israel. The ten days between the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement are called the days of all. It is a time of spiritual preparation when the people return to God through repentance. Repentance is the physical and spiritual act of returning to God. Isaiah 30 verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. Only, I'm gonna say it again, in returning to me and resting in me, Returning and staying, remaining with me, will you be saved? In quietness and confidence is in quietness and confidence is your strength. But you will have none of it. That's a rebuke against Israel. They are called the days of all because they will determine your position with God in relationship to the Day of Atonement. Those who have confessed and repented of their sins will find peace with God on the day of atonement. But those who refuse to repent will find His divine judgment instead of His divine forgiveness and peace. Jeremiah chapter 3. Voices are heard high on the windswept mountains, the weeping and pleading of Israel's people, for they have chosen crooked paths and have forgotten the Lord their God. My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal your wayward hearts. Yes, we're coming, the people reply, for you are the Lord, our God. Most of the Jews worshiping at the Western Wall in Jerusalem next week are still waiting for their Messiah. God is currently, prophetically, regathering them into the land of Israel for the, from the four corners of the earth. But most of them still don't believe in Jesus as the Messiah or Christ. The Jewish population in Israel has increased from 700,000 in 1948 to over 7 million today. We Christians believe the Jewish Messiah Jesus has already come to the earth. To give his life as the atoning sacrifice for our sins on the cross. And he is coming again soon. We believe Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ. And that he was and is our day of atonement. In fact, Jesus was the literal fulfillment of all the spring feasts. All of them in Israel that were revealed to God by Moses. Jesus was crucified and died on the feast of Passover. Jesus was buried on the Jewish feast of unleavened bread. Jesus rose from the dead on the Jewish feast of first fruits. Jesus came to the earth in the form and the person of the Holy Spirit on the Jewish feast of Pentecost. Those are four spring feasts of Israel, and they are followed by three fall feasts that begin with the feast of trumpets. There is a gap, a summertime gap in the center of these seven Jewish feasts. Will God use his son in some way to fulfill these fall feasts as well? How will Jesus fulfill the next three Jewish feasts? And what about the summertime gap that they call the time of the harvest? The feast of trumpets, the feast, the day of atonement and the feast of tabernacles. Nobody knows for sure how and when he will do it. But I believe Jesus will literally fulfill these remaining three feasts, festivals in some way. I believe the summertime gap between Pentecost and trumpets is the time of the church. The time when God has opened up his salvation to the Gentile world. The Apostle Paul reveals this wonderful mystery to the Gentile church in Rome and Colossae. Romans 11:25. 25. I want you to understand this mystery, dear brothers and sisters, so that you will not feel proud about yourselves. He's writing this to a Gentile church. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. In Colossians 1, he says, This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. So what does all this mean to the church in the last days? We should confess our sins before God and repent by turning and returning to Him. We don't have to travel to the western wall of Jerusalem to do this. By God's grace, we can do this anytime through genuine repentance and placing our faith in the name of Jesus Christ. We live in the days of all. And we wait the last trumpet And that final day of atonement, when Jesus will come and tabernacle, dwell with. That's what tabernacle means. Dwell with each of us who have received his atoning blood sacrifice through faith. This week, I join with the Jewish people around the world as they prepare to celebrate the Feast of Trumpets. I am not waiting for the first coming of Jesus. The Jewish Messiah. I am waiting for Jesus' second coming, and I am waiting for the sound of the trumpet. First Thessalonians, we tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And first, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves And then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. There we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Maranatha, Hosanna, hallelujah, amen. September 22, 2022. Can you see it? I hope you can see it. And here's why all of these appointed times reveal a personal truth, we also have an appointed time. In Hebrews 9:27, it says, "'And just as each person is destined to die once, "'and after that face the judgment, "'so also Christ died once for all time as a sacrifice "'to take away the sins of many people, He will come again. Not to deal with sins. But to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for Him. The day of atonement. Jesus is our day of atonement. We live now in the days of all. Preparing ourselves for the day when we will meet Him face to face. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this class, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which is so clear through the Spirit. You're, you make it so clear to us that Jesus is the last sacrifice. He's the only sacrifice we need to approach you. But without him, we will surely die. But with him, we will surely live. So, Father, we ask you tonight to atone for our sins. We repent of our sins, we don't make excuses, we don't rationalize, we have all sinned against you and broken your laws, and you sent your son. You didn't want animal sacrifices, so you gave him a body, and he took that body and sacrificed it on a tree to atone for our sins so that we might approach you in the last day. Come Jesus, come, and amen.